Information sharing between public and private partners about increasing cybersecurity threats is a key piece of the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act. On February 14th, Paul Smoser, the president of BITS, spoke before the House Select Committee on Intelligence about this proposed legislation and what it means for the ongoing security of the financial infrastructure. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Paul Smoser, who discusses ongoing efforts BITS and other groups are making to improve cybersecurity. Paul, what would you say is the greatest cybersecurity threat now facing the U.S. financial services infrastructure? Tracy, I would actually say it's the rise probably in the level of risk that we've been seeing over the last few years. Uh, I think in prior conversations you and I have had, we've spent time talking about the risk from organized crime, and we've spent time talking about the risk from hacktivism. And now with the introduction of what appears to be either nation-state or sponsored nation-state attacks, I think we've seen a rise in risk that has us all focused much more on cybersecurity. We certainly still have organized crime and hacktivism, so we can't ignore those. But this latest wrinkle, I think, has us all upping the ante in terms of looking at the question of cybersecurity and, in particular, how it might affect our critical infrastructure. Now, in your statement, Paul, before this congressional committee, you note that cyber attacks are waged for three primary reasons, theft, disruption, and destruction. Is one type of attack more concerning or damaging than another when it comes to threats that banking institutions face? I think, Tracy, each threat really has its own issues and, to some extent, its own mitigations. There's certainly, I think, the mitigations probably cross over. Institutions have been working for a long time to deal with all three issues, in particular, trying to put in mitigations to defend against all three. Uh, I think in addition to the defenses that have been put in place, there have certainly been put in place contingency plans, for example, backing up data to assure the ability for continuity in the event of destruction. But beyond that, I think we're actually seeing and have seen over the last few years a lot of collaborative efforts underway in the industry when it comes to dealing with all three issues. So to say that one attack is more concerning or damaging than the other is really difficult. I, I think all three are of concern to us, and all three continue to be a focus of what we're trying to deal with. The Financial Stability Oversight Council was established under the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act. Paul, what can you tell us about this council and the work that it's doing with BITS? The council is working really across the industry, and it was created to really focus on risks across the financial system. Cybersecurity is one of those risks, and the FSOC has had a level of focus on cybersecurity, but that certainly is not its only risk focus. It really exists to kind of assure the continuity of the financial system overall and the risks that affect it, be they financial or operational or otherwise. But I think it's important to recognize, too, that the Financial Stability Oversight Council is really only one component of the government influence in this space. Obviously, we are in a highly regulated industry, and so our institutions are dealing on a regular basis with their primary federal regulators around the subject of information security. They are examined around that subject as well independently by those agencies. The agencies have issued a lot of guidance through the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council, and our members throughout the institutions 
engage with the FFIEC, the Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council, to help provide feedback to the developments that occur there. So I think FSOC is one component, and certainly it's a component that has focused on cybersecurity, but I think the industry has for a long time been focused on this subject. So I think I would consider it more supplemental than a new focus area for us. And then, Paul, how will this proposed Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act impact banking institutions? I think it will have a positive impact, as I indicated in my testimony. I think that information sharing in the financial services sector is probably far more advanced than it is in most other sectors, perhaps, of course, maybe for defense, which has a strong information sharing program right now. I think it will help institutions in terms of limiting their risk in terms of sharing information. There are provisions in the Act that restrict the use of the information once it's shared within the federal structure, and I think uh, those will be good incentives for institutions in our sector, as well as, frankly, companies throughout the other critical infrastructure sectors to share information. And so I think it will be a slight enhancement to where we are in financial services. But I think for us, the benefit is that we really see it as a positive opportunity for other sectors to share. And Tracy, as you know, many of the attacks, be they on financial services or be they on the other sectors, bear a lot of similarities in terms of technique and approach. So getting data from other sectors and being able to share that will, we think, help us defend our industry even more effectively. And then, Paul, what about the consumer privacy concerns? What should banking institutions be concerned about there? Tracy, I think, as I indicated in my testimony, we're an industry that is built on trust. We have had a long history of respecting the privacy of our customers, recognizing that customers trust us to maintain their information just as they trust us to maintain their assets. And in addition to that, because of uh, Graham-Leach-Bliley in particular, we have a legislative requirement and a regulatory requirement as an outgrowth of GLBA to protect the privacy of our customers. So this is really an area that we focus on as an industry on a day-over-day basis. I think in terms of the bill itself, what's really also important And and as I mentioned in my testimony, there are probably two components. One is that when we are sharing the kind of data we're talking about, this is not data about private individuals. This is data that is much more technical in its nature and about the nature of attacks and the sources of attacks and not about an individual. Uh, And I think in addition to that, I think it's important to recognize this came out particularly in the hearing that there are two sides to the privacy question. One is that much of what information sharing will enable us to do is actually to protect the private information that many cyber actors today are after. So it will allow us to protect that more effectively, whether it's private information of a financial institution customer or private information of a customer in another sector. That's often the kind of data in terms of theft or information that cyber actors are going after. So a a bill like this and just the overall efforts that we make in cybersecurity really do focus on trying to protect private information as opposed to, in some way, impacting it in a negative fashion. And then, Paul, does BITS have any concerns about challenges that this act might face? 
I think there will be a process in which the act and the processes around it will have to be developed, and certainly one of the things that we will help to facilitate in that process is to make sure that privacy is maintained. But I think we're an industry, as I said earlier, that already is in the information sharing business, at least within our sector and between institutions. So I think in terms of the motivation to share information, we're already there. I think in terms of the mechanics of how that gets implemented, particularly on the inter-sector sharing of information and the private sector to government sharing of information, uh, there will have to be processes that will be developed. And as we indicated in our testimony, you know, we're there to help in those processes to make sure they're done effectively and have a positive impact as opposed to a negative impact on the industry. Now, as you've mentioned, Paul, information sharing, of course, has been something that institutions have been focused on for quite some time. And in recent months, information sharing has become critically important because banking institutions have been under attack. What can you tell us about some of these recent attacks that the financial industry has faced? Well, I think that's probably a really good example of information sharing. Through the Financial Services Information Sharing and Analysis Center, the institutions that were under attack were able to come together on a real-time basis and share information about the nature of the attacks so that as we went through progressive institutions being attacked, there was a preparation that was available from the learnings of the last institution that was attacked. And I think over time, you probably saw that the impact of the attacks was not as significant as it was at the beginning. But I think more importantly, Tracy, it wasn't just about sharing information with the institutions that were attacked. It was sharing information through the ISAC with other institutions that had the potential to be attacked. And I think that's probably one of the values of good information sharing is that you're not just dealing with an organization that happens to be being attacked at the moment. You're also able to communicate information to the those who are potential victims and to be able to allow those victims to recognize any additional defenses they need to put in place based on the characteristics of the attack that's underway. So I think that was a very helpful example. Obviously, no institution wants to be attacked, and all institutions, as I said earlier, have built a lot of defenses. But this is an iterative space, and learning from and sharing information on the nature of emergent techniques when it comes to attacks is something that good information sharing allows you to do very effectively. Information sharing, of course, Paul, did help to diffuse the impact of some of those attacks, as you noted. But what more do you think needs to be done as far as information sharing about some of these attacks that the industry has faced? I think I would answer that in two ways. I think what I mentioned earlier, which is that better inter-sector information and more effective public-private information sharing will be very helpful. The nature of these attacks and, and the methodologies and techniques that are used are often used across different sectors. So if a different sector encounters a new technique or an emergent technique before financial services happens to, it will be very valuable for us to know that and prepare our defenses as well. Likewise, if the government becomes aware of something that at the sector level none of us have seen to date and can forewarn us of the new technique and allow organizations across the critical infrastructure sectors 
to defend themselves more effectively, that will obviously have a positive outcome as well. That would be the first way I'd answer it. The second way I'd answer it is if you're thinking more broadly in terms of what needs to be done, I think there are additional areas that we have articulated and as well have been articulated in the new executive order and the new policy directive with regard to issues around better R&D, research and development to get to some of the core issues, stronger law enforcement on the international level. As you know, much of this cyber activity comes from multiple countries, and so the ability to enhance uh, law enforcement to be able to reach out and deal on a cooperative basis with these other countries to deal with the cyber actors more effectively will be something that would be very helpful as well. And then I think probably the third area is better education, which is something that came up as well at the hearing, particularly in the question and answer, the ability to continue to expand awareness and education among citizens and customers across the various sectors. What increasing role will government play going forward? I I think government will play a couple of key roles. It will obviously play a role both as a result if CISPA or something similar to it gets passed and, and certainly as a result of the executive orders in the information sharing space. So the kind of public to private information sharing will be an increasingly important role for the government to play. I think the government will also play a role legislatively when it comes to some of the areas I talked about, particularly, you know, for example, CISPA's ability to allow institutions or organizations to share information under more of a hold harmless type of agreement. But it will also play a role, I think, uh, moving forward, certainly in the R&D space, particularly, I think, with regard to funding. It will certainly play an increasing role as it has in the law enforcement space. And so it has a key role to play. I think that role will be played very effectively going forward. I'm certainly hopeful in a very public-private kind of partnership. And then, Paul, before we close, what final thoughts would you like to share about the future of information sharing and cybersecurity overall? We all recognize this is a fairly constant battle that we're in. The actors have changed a bit. Some of them are historic in terms of things like organized crime and hacktivists, as I mentioned earlier. Some are emerging threat actors. This is something that I think collectively we all need to keep a very strong focus on as the sophistication of cyber actors becomes greater as the funding for them in some cases becomes greater. Uh, We need to equally increase our focus and funding and be able to recognize and repel the attacks that uh, we are facing. This is something that's not going to particularly go away or go away soon. So, you know, as as the risks increase, we need to continue to fight the battle. I think there are a lot of folks, you know, particularly in our sector that are engaged in that battle, but, you know, it is something that we will just have to continue to fight going forward. And I'm enthusiastic about the emerging public-private partnerships. I'm enthusiastic about some of the existing collaborative efforts that are going on, particularly through organizations like BITS and through the financial services. Services Information Sharing and Analysis Center and through the Financial Services Sector Coordinating Council. We all recognize the importance of this battle and we're there to keep fighting it. Paul, thanks again for your time today. You're welcome, Tracy. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Again, we've just heard from Paul Smoser of BITS. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.